0: The musical revolution will not be televised, but it will be on NWCZ Radio. The definitions of Freemasonry have been numerous, but they all unite in declaring it to be a system of morality, by the practice of which its members may advance their spiritual interest, amount by the theological lodge on earth to the lodge in heaven.
1: It is a science which is engaged in the search after divine truth and which employs symbolism as its method of instruction.
0: Landmarks are really considered to be the oral tradition, if you will, of Freemasonry. There is no one universal set of landmarks, there are some variations, but essentially the landmarks are the same in that Freemasons must believe in a deity, it doesn't matter what god they believe in, they just believe in a supreme being, uh, they must believe in uh, secrecy, that the rituals are secret. And they communicate these truths of their religion in ritual. And they must believe in, in, in a life, an eternal life. And that is gained through the practice of Masonic virtue, uh, virtue basically a works-based salvation. Uh, another landmark would be the oaths of covenant secrecy that the Masons swear to the Lodge never to reveal uh, their doctrines. Another landmark is the use of these symbols from the operative stonemasons. For example, the square, the level, the plump, the, plum, the trowel. You know, these are symbols that communicate basic Masonic doctrines and principles and truths. Of having my throat cut across, my tongue torn out, and with my body buried in the sands of the sea at low water mark, where the tide ebbs and flows twice in 24 hours. Should I ever knowingly or willingly violate this my solemn obligation of eternal apprentice. So help me God and make me steadfast to keep and perform the same.
2: Masonry around whose altars the Christian, the Hebrew, the Muslim, the Brahmin, the followers of Confucius and Zoroaster, can assemble as brethren and unite in prayer to the one God who is above all, Balin.
3: Well, the ideas are that the symbols appear, for example, the NBC uh, logo and the Apple logo might actually derive from uh, the symbolism of the Freemasons. Of course, they're known for their architectural symbolism, so many important people are Masons, some we know about, others may keep that secret and perhaps have uh, utilized that symbolism in various uh, aspects of their companies. There is indeed an idea that Freemasons are involved in the occult. Uh while I mentioned that the Freemasons may date back to 1390, there's another idea that they could actually date back to ancient Egypt and the magic schools where the most intelligent individuals were involved, for instance, with the design and construction of the pyramids. One intriguing idea is that they developed what's called a levitation wand that enabled the enormous blocks of the pyramids such as the Great Pyramid of Cheops to be put in place. Realize there are 2.5 million blocks weighing anywhere from one to ten tons created supposedly over twenty years. It seems to go beyond the old grunt and groan method and perhaps these meth- individuals from the magic schools were able to uh, use their advanced occult knowledge to help build it. I should also point out that one of the early members of this group was Didi, apparently the world's first magician who, in the court of the Pharaoh, cut off the head of a goose and then restored it, The the predecessor to the modern magician's trick of sawing a woman in half and restoring her.
4: Welcome everybody, it is time for all of us to gather around, go down the rabbit hole together. It's good to have you with us, we're happy to be here in our weekly exercise of seeking the truth, thinking logically, thinking critically, and not letting the bastards get us down. Uh, hey, we appreciate all the emails that we've got this week, we got a lot of them never did. And some very nice words, very kind words. And what we're happy to send you we got we sent out a lot of information this week. A lot of the, you know, resources that that we've been using. Yeah. And I hope that's helpful to you and it's really heartwarming to know that there are a lot of people out there who are doing research on their own. Yes. And, um, and I think that's great. And and some people have sent us stuff that we either overlooked or didn't know was there. And and it's a free exchange of ideas. And you can always email us at nwczradio at gmail.com. I'm Big D. I'm Brandon Valentine. And this week we're going to go down the rabbit hole, uh, part one uh, in the Freemasons. Yeah. And the Freem- the I was telling Brandon this earlier th- – the further that we go up this pyramid that we've described, the the bigger these groups get. Yes. And the Freemasons are massive. And the, the, the intertwinings of the Freemasons with the Rosicrucians, the Illuminati, the Knights Templar, uh, all these different groups, uh, it's amazing how they all weave and wind together and their sh- branches branch off. The Mormons... Um, have a lot of Freemasonry in them, and we'll get to all that as we unpack what we have found and, and want to share with you about the Freemasons. But the, today's episode, is, is we're going to go into the history. So we're going to try to bring you right up to about the time that the Masons um, came to America, and, and then we will talk about that on on our next show, and then probably the third show is when we'll get into what they're up to today. Yes. And because uh, it's a lot of information, man. I, I, I spent, man, I'm maybe 30 hours, 20, 30 hours this week just going through, uh, reading books, watching videos, uh, documentaries, and um, going down rabbit holes on, on just the history of the Masons because yes. it's shrouded in secrecy. It is, and that was one of the things you know we were talking
2: about before we went on air. Is the fact that depending on which article you read depends on when it started, how it started, where it started. It, it really, there's not a whole lot of consensus. Consensus, I even mean, among the masons themselves. I would say the only consensus I could really find is that they really like cemented who they are publicly in like 1717. And that's yeah, the only thing. And, but and besides that, that, the the origins and they were kind of
4: forced to. Yeah, because you know the there was they were a secret society, which they've been good at. Being, which I think they still are. I think it's one of those uh, it's they show just enough to say, look,
2: we're in the public eye.
4: Oh yeah, we're and gonna get it, and, and some... you probably know some Freemasons oh, yeah. out there. I know some Freemasons. I do too. And we'll get into why they don't know what's going on. Uh, because the Freemasonry, in, within Freemasons, there's a lot of secret societies. Yes. And the answers are all around them. But if you're just on in on the basic level, you know, it's just a good old boys club.
2: Oh, it is. And it's one of those things, I mean, not to sound bad, but it's not nothing, no different really than any religion. Or the or Elks Club cult, or, or the, the Odd club Fellows yeah. or, where it's, you know,
4: any of those people. If you're a normal member, you have some general idea of where it's going. Yeah, you dress up. You show up and, yeah. and do a secret handshake. Uh, you make business contacts. You yeah. you promise not to talk about what happens in the meetings. Yeah, and uh, so you feel kind of special about it. But and we'll get into yeah, you know, what's how really going on. Is things get recruited?
2: Yeah, it is uh, well, up in the higher
4: levels. Let's break down before we actually get into like the history history of it. Just what Freemasonry is, because a lot of people don't know. And a lot of people don't even understand what the whole concept is. Yeah. And the Freemasons are basically—I'm going to try to break it down and interject when you when you know when when you want when you have a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're known as uh, obviously Freemasonry or the Masons or the Craft or the Lodge. So if you hear any of those terms, they're Freemasons. And the craft is is one that you'll hear a lot, and people um, misunderstand that. Because there's also witchcraft, Mm -hmm. which people call the craft. I think there's even a TV show called The Craft or something. Yeah, there was a movie called The Craft. One of my friends had a heart attack watching that movie. What? I mean, they were hot, but I don't think they were that hot. (laughs) Uh, So the the term mason comes from the Latin word mazio and it means builder of walls or stone cutter now we don't understand now in modern history in, in modern times i should say how important it was for people in the ancient world and through history to be builders yeah to to be stone cutters to be masons they they ran everything they built everything all the temples they built buildings They built um, cities, and they were almost seen as uh, magicians. How they, uh, because they were very well advanced in mathematics, and uh, and philosophy, and all these things. And so, to be a mason, you basically started as apprentice as a kid, yeah, and were brought up. You were taught math, music, languages. And then how to work with stone, and then you would progress up to where you became a, basically a master mason, and so uh, that is how it all started <clears throat> with these groups. And <clears throat> within the within the Masonic lodge, there are basically the members can be one of uh, three things. There's uh, or, or referred to. There's people they call themselves the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. They call themselves the Masons. Or the high-level Mason, which is the Shriner. Now, not all Masons are Shriners, but all Shriners are Masons, if you get my drift. And there was a why the the difference there is because there was a big split, and we'll get to it later down the line, between the European Masons and the American Masons. And so that's why there's Freemasons and then there's Masons. And then you have the Shriners, who are the high-level Masons. And there are uh, three degrees of Masonry. You enter in as an apprentice, which you can't just join. I can't walk up to a Masonic Lodge and join. You have to be invited in. Uh, Somebody has to vouch for you. Yeah. Right? And, And then they vet you. They actually come to your house, interview your wife, and they interview you. And they ask specific questions. They're, they're trying to get a feel for you. And then if uh, you pass that test, then you are invited into the lodge to go through this uh, initiation ceremony, which you may or may not pass. And you told me earlier, what, what was your grandpa? It was actually my dad. Oh, your dad.
2: Yeah, he, he went through the, the initial, you know, whatever, and he, he did not pass. So.
4: Yeah, I'd be curious as to, like, you don't get a scorecard.
2: No. And that's what he said. He said they don't tell you why, they don't give you yeah, that's a scorecard, you just yeah, you get you just didn't make it.
4: So once once you enter as an apprentice and you um you go through the the rituals and, and you learn, you can move up to what's called a fellow craft, which is uh, sort of a mid level of the initial three uh Mason degrees. And then should you continue on and you pass all the muster. You become a master mason. Now, once you become a master mason, this is where most people stop. Between the apprentice and the, ma- the the first three degrees. Apprentice, fellow craft, master mason. That is where the massive bulk of all masons are. And these are the ones that you will see on interviews saying, Ah, there's nothing secret going on. Yeah, we have some handshakes. Yes, we meet behind closed doors, and I can't tell you what we do or what we say. It's just part of the deal. That is the vast bulk of masonry. Uh, they have uh, silly—I rit- say silly—because I've I've seen some of them. They're weird little rituals. They 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 all, they dress up in kind of these you know costumes. Um, they all have medals, and and it's it's just this sort of. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, like a like a sort of a s- uh, society that they just sort of uh, cosplay. But you you we find that a lot. I mean, you see that
2: in a lot of things. It's kind of like you know when we did the uh, uh, the place out in California, and we talked about the oh what's that place called? My brain went at The Grove. Oh, Bohemian Grove. Yeah, Bohemian Grove. When we talk about Bohemian Grove, it sounds like a lot of the same
4: kind of. They are
2: involved in Bohemian Grove. Yeah yeah so, and a lot of that same ritual and all that yeah stuff. so the so and your general you get.
4: the general participants are uh there to have a good time there to make connections and feel like they have something better going on in life because the masons do a lot of charity work mm-hmm. they do uh, a lot of community work they uh, support one another in their businesses uh they, they take you know like uh, let's say you're starting a business and somebody one of your mason brothers uh, has a uh, a successful business, they will take you under their wing, and, and so it's it's a lot of that, right? Sure,
2: we're not talking about Mormons.
4: Well, oh, sorry, we'll get to that. I would say yeah, because I grew up Mormon.
2: That sounds like everything. You know, oh, like wait said, till we get
4: really to really that. wait till we get to to the breakdown of the of the lodges and the temples. It's Mormonism. The Mormons either. Came out of the Masons or ripped them off completely because well, it's one of those things like you mentioned earlier. Joseph Smith's
2: dad was a big a, time, a big time Mason, so yeah. it's very likely that so was Joseph Smith.
4: So once you become a Master Mason, you can go on, but you have to be invited to go on, as I understand it. I am not one, never been a Mason, but from what I understand, uh, once you hit Master Mason, if you choose to go on, you have to go either through the Scottish Rite or the york right and this is where you get into where you hear about these upper degrees all the way up to the 33rd degree yeah and here in the united states it's all scottish right uh it's it's pretty much the most common i, I have not not seen any not to say there aren't any but I, i've yet to see uh any york rights here in the states you see the scottish right all over uh, like I said, those are the Shriners, basically. Yeah, and they go up to thirty-third degrees or light degrees, they call it, because each degree they become more illumined. Uh huh. Illumined, huh? Uh huh. Illumined. Yes. Well, that
2: kind of sounds like something else.
4: Right. Uh, we, as we get going further, we'll see how uh, the Illuminati and, and the Masons basically partnered up.
2: Well, it's one of those things that we've said before in a couple episodes before is that it's one of those that in a lot of ways you start going down these rabbit holes and they all lead they to all the connect. same places. They all connect. You know, half the people that are probably Illuminati are probably Freemasons and some of the Freemasons are Illuminati. Absolutely.
4: They, they all serve the new lizard order. <laughs> hey. uh, the basic organization uh, of the Masons is, is called on a broader scale the, the, a lodge. Uh, which is then subject to a, a grand lodge. So you may have a, a lodge in your area, and it's numbered usually. Yeah. So it's like the the fourteenth lodge of you know pencil uh, I don't know of L A or whatever. And they they are subject to a grand lodge, which is a huge temple that services. M- several states yeah which is very much like the mormon church yeah the mormon you have you have
2: stakes right yep because there's the the church the 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 normal building the church building then you have the stake centers which are usually you know would cover multiple cities right and then you end up having the temples which you know there's one in bellevue then there's utah's got a couple and Those are usually will cover a couple states or, you know, stuff like that. Right. So
4: you have your, you have your, I'll just say, lower level or, or your, like, in the neighborhood, uh, lodges. And in more, and in Mormonism, you have stakes. And and then they're all subject to the one big temple. Yes. It's the same. Who then
2: has, there's a prophet that they all, yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, let's so that's sort of the basic breakdown of if you were to join Freemasonry and it's this is all fa- fairly common knowledge yeah. uh as to how their system works. So, let's let's get into the actual history which is pretty interesting. Uh as we said earlier, it's believed that they were founded Sometime between, officially, we'll say officially, between the 16th and 17th century. And they were basically an outgrowth of what was became outlawed at the time, the Knights Templar Order. And the Knights Templar Order had become a mix of the uh, Hospitallers, the Knights of Christ, the Knights of St. John, the Teutonic Knights and the Knights of Malta, and the Knights of Malta actually still exist today. You can look it up. So they had become this fusion of all these groups, and they had become it had become outlawed. Yeah. And so they were trying to figure out how do they change their name, change their image, change you know what they're doing, and so they came up with this. Uh, basically, they. I don't want to say hijack but they they sort of did the the masons. Yes. And the masons basically uh trace their ancestry back to the mystery schools of Greece and Egypt. And they uh kind of brought all these groups in and and, and sort of formed this um connective tissue, I would say, between the ancient and, and the modern societies. And the weird thing is, with the Masons, I've also read that they can, they at one point, and this is from Albert Pike, who's a very well-known author and, and high, I think a 33rd degree Mason, probably one of the more prolific writers of theirs, where they can literally, at one time they could trace themselves back to King Solomon's Temple, and or the Tower of Babel, which are both biblical. Yes. But there was a point in time when the Catholic Church recognized who they were, what they were doing, and what they were attempting, and they weren't having it. And several popes have written lengthy um, dissertations against the Masons, and at one point, they went in and basically destroyed all their documents. What? You know, all, the, all their ancient... Um, well, they were trying to disband them.
2: Tell me that the, the, the Catholic Church destroyed information that went against what
4: they thought and believed? That would never happen. Well, I don't think... It was... Against, it was uh, they saw it as heretical against the church. But what they also saw was that they were trying to take over the world. And you know, hey, the the Catholics basically ran the world at the time, so it was a power struggle. I mean, it was. I mean, the Catholics There's were. There's no to doubt take about over, that. I mean, they they had part of the
2: world for quite a while, and they've they've been trying to take over the world for
4: thousands of years. Yeah, they've definitely been a ma- major influencer. Uh, we all know you if you've seen the Masonic symbolism, it has the 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 compasses, you know. Yeah, one down and then it's got the, um, the ruler that's going up a- and in the middle is the G. There's the, the letter G. And according to Albert Mackey, who is a Masonic historian, he claims that it stands for geometry. And that Masons have been taught uh, Masonry and geometry are synonymous terms. Now others claim that G stands for the Greek word gnosis, meaning knowledge or mystical enlightenment, and I've heard lots of other things that it it is um, that sacred geometry was an occult term, uh, that the circle, the triangle, and the pentagram pentagram were uh, were all part of this uh, you know this whatever their symbol that they use and if you go into their temple this is where i think the average mason misses a lot of what's going on because i've seen photos and videos of people going through uh, a couple of the different temples and one of them was the bbc was allowed in and they and they showed you know one of the rituals they were doing and the the camera was filming you know sweeping around the the building and the imagery in there is very occultish it's very occultic there's the all-seeing eye everywhere yep there's pentagrams everywhere there's uh, baphomet you know uh here and there and um so and they're all looking down cuz it's sort of you know it's in this big grand room the grand lodge which we've talked about also with the Denver airport yes uh you know that they believe the Masons built that which is why it's called the Grand Lodge and it's got all these weird symbols there well it comes straight out of their temples
2: and I've heard that before and there was a couple things that I've seen where they kind of showed some of that imagery that you can find in the lodges and it's like yeah there's it
4: it is very occultish yeah very occultish um so a lot of the confusion over Freemasonry's origin, I think, um, it grows back to this rift that happened between them, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, and, and also the the Protestant Church of England. They they were not having any of it, and it was actually King Henry the Eighth, when he broke from Rome, is the one who uh, basically started this anti Mason. Um, Movement and basically took a lot of their stuff, closed down their temples under the guise of taxes and stuff. And um, he uh, took a bunch of their land, and and then the Catholic Church went in and, uh, you know, raided all of their uh, records. A lot of them were lost. And so they had to go underground, basically. and, And then they became known as speculative. Masons, they would just call themselves speculatives. And this is when I think a real shift happened in the Masons away from, because there was a lot of things going on in the world at the time. Uh, there a lot of advancements were going on. People were learning how to do all these things. And so the, 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 the whole brick laying and stone working and everything had become pretty commonplace. And they were no longer they didn't have that power that they had yeah and so they shifted more into the mystical and uh i'll just say esoteric doctrine that um that a lot of people said they started out with so because when they first started out they were more, much more on an esoteric and um mystical plane as opposed to just being stone cutters and builders and so hopefully this isn't boring you, but, th- but we really wanted to lay the foundation. See what I did there? You did. You did. <laughs> With these Masons. I thought this was interesting. So this is a guy named uh, Mason Manley. Well, he's a third-degree Mason. His name is Manley P. Hall, and I want to read this to you because um, I thought he nailed this. He says, uh, Freemasonry is a fraternity within a fraternity, an outer organization concealing an inner brotherhood of the elect, the one visible and the other invisible. The Visible Society is a, is a splendid camaraderie of free and accepted men enjoined to devote themselves to ethical, educational, fraternal, patriotic, and humanitarian concerns. The Invisible Society is a secret and most august fraternity whose members are dedicated to the service of a sacred secret. Uh, Albert Pike also said, There are two doctrines, one concealed and one reserved for the masters, the other public. Uh, First stage or initial degrees of masonry are concerned merely with the surface values of the doctrine, and beyond this stage, the vast majority of masons, it is to be uh, feared, never passes." So their own their own high degree masons are laying it out to you and saying there's two there's at least two at least and and we'll uncover more because <laughs> it is pretty deep.
2: Yeah, it does. It goes deep because that's one thing like you said, most of the like 90% if not more of masons are of those first three levels and have no clue what's really going on. They know pretty much what the public view of the Masons are in the public writings and the public publications not the the secrecy side they don't
4: see that secret side until
2: you get above the third level
4: oh yeah and, and you can't you have to be invited in yes right uh, everything is a vetting process and so again if you know somebody who's a mason I don't think they're I don't think they're evil I don't even think they're bad if they're in the first three degrees of this, They probably have no, and they haven't been told. They're probably not going to be told. And they, if you confronted them with it, they would say, you're crazy, which is, as we know, (laughs) how they, how all these groups, uh, defend themselves by like, no, no, you're crazy. I've never seen that. I've I've never never heard that. that. Right. Because it's a secret. Never seen that. Never heard that.
2: You're you're crazy. That's conspiracy theory. That's
4: my favorite. Just conspiracy theory. theory. All you conspiracy theorists are the same, right? That's why we're conspiracy realists here on the show, and you are too. Those out there listening, Uh, I did find this interesting because up to a point, it was only men. Yes. Now your your local lodge, they still—I don't know how they get away with this, especially in these modern times when you know everybody's getting sued for everything about not having you know equal access and letting you know anybody and everybody in whether it be male female or whatever but they're able to keep a lock on this and one of the reasons or one of the ways they do that is because they have created these side groups and you've probably heard of some of these now i don't know if you knew that these were all that these were part of masonry but they are you have uh, they call them quote fun organizations which is to put a good face on things oh yeah they have the ancient arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrines they have the orders of the eastern star the Demolay, the builders and rainbow now I, don't, I i don't know if you know what rainbow is but the rainbow girls it's it's yep. it's 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 young girls who are being trained by, by the Masons? <laughs> so the Rainbow Girls, which is a, a a counter group to I guess Girl Scouts, uh. But yeah, yeah. They, so they are basically what it is is they wanted to incorporate your family into this, and I'm really I'm not going to call it a cult. I'm not even going to call it a re- a religion, but it's close. It's close, because it, it, if you really want to dive into it, you can get everybody involved, and it becomes your world, right? And, and they tell you kind of uh, how to run your life, what to and don't say, what you can and can't do, and how you're supposed to be involved in the community. But most of all, you have to pay homage and be there for the lodge. Yes. Uh, to me, that spells trouble. And cult, religion, all same thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the early 19th century, there was a major split, and I alluded to this earlier, that uh, developed between the European and the American uh, Freemasonry. A- and to this day, the, the beliefs and the activities uh, of these two groups, they, they, they don't gel. So when you talk to, if you talk to an Amer- American Freemason, They're not getting this. They're on a different track than the European Masons. They, they, I don't know that they don't like each other. I I don't know that. I've I've never seen proof of that. But I know that they're not the same thing. They, they had a huge riff, and they split off. And and I would even go back to, uh, you know, your upbringing of the Mormons, Mm -hmm. and they had a huge riff. Yeah, they did. That's why you you have like the traditional Mormons. Yes. And then you have the the the, la, the more the modern
2: day Mormons. Yes, there's multiple, and it's one of those things. I, I was mentioning someone the other day. I was on the my my other show with with Veg yesterday um, from Vegetable Soup, and me and him were talking about you know when I grew up Mormon, you couldn't have anything with caffeine in it, right? Couldn't until have, they bought Pepsi. Yeah, and then they bought Pepsi, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, <laughs> it all okay. You just can't have anything that's hot. <laughs> So caffeine. no coffee. So no coffee and oh. tea. You can have tea as long as there's no caffeine in it.
4: Really? Yes. What if it's cold? That's a good question. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I would see. Like I that's said, why, I'm, that's I'm why those people don't like me, because I ask those kind of questions. That's
2: why I'm not. That's why I was asked <laughs> to leave when I was 16 because I asked way too many questions.
4: Uh, here's where Freemasonry and the Illuminati fuse. They um they basically the illuminati infiltrated the freemasons around the 1700s and they adopted the philosophy of uh, several of the of the illuminati writers which is the end justifies the means and to achieve synthesis requires two opposing forces uh, the Probably the most famous Masonic slogan, and you see this all over, is the Ordo Abkayo, which means order out of chaos. And order out of chaos, I think we've talked about this before, is basically the doctrine of the Illuminati. Yes. Uh, his con- the, the concept came from George Heigel, and it is this idea that crisis leads to opportunity. We've heard Rahm Emanuel say this many, many times. Uh, He's famous for this, even though he didn't come up with it. And he was on Obama's uh, cabinet is uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. It's just the modern interpretation of it. Yeah. Uh, And it's usually practiced this way. I've never seen that happen, though. I mean, when have they? Yeah. When did they do that? No. For those when the veil comes off your eyes and you see these things, you can't unsee them. And here's how they work it. And, And. Tell me if you've seen this in the world. They create a problem, they wait for the reaction, and then they offer the solution. They work to invent chaos. They generate anger and frustration on the part of humans and thus take advantage of people's desperate need for order. That is the doctrine of the Illuminati. That is the doctrine that was adopted by the Masons, and that is where they... and again not on the local level this is in the hierarchy this is the 33rd and up and at at some point we're going to get into uh, as we go down this path some of the most some of the really amazingly famous people who have all been 33rd degree masons and where they have fit into our society and i think it'll surprise people
2: well i think so i mean it's one of the things i was reading i mean but it says 14 of the first 43 presidents were all Masons.
4: Yeah, Walt Disney was a 33rd degree Mason. And if you go to Disneyland, there is a 30 there is a Club 33. Nah. And you can't just walk in there. You and I, if we were in Disneyland and like, hey, there's Club 33, let's go. No, no, no. No, no. You, you have, have to be, to be a item. member. Yeah. And it's a super secret deal there. We'll get into all that stuff later. I, I do I did find this. This was, I found, interesting um, because there was a time in the United States when Freemasonry, like you said, it was flourishing. A uh, lot of the early, the several of the signers of the Declaration of Independence were Freemasons. Yeah. Franklin, Ma- all of them. Many of the people who founded our country, who came over here, were Freemasons and Hellfire Club members. And there in 1826... There was an estimated 50,000 members here in the U.S. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but there weren't that many people here. No. So it was a good chunk of, of the average folk. Well, there was a guy named Captain William Morgan, and he was uh, from New York. And he was a uh, high-ranking member in the Masons, and he defected from Masonry. And, and he, he announced, I feel so bad for this guy. He announced that he planned to publish a book exposing the Masonic secrets and that the order, the Masonic order was the bane of our civil institutions. It's, those are big words. Those are. Uh, he never got it published. Before the publication, Morgan and his publisher were kidnapped. The publisher was eventually rescued, but Morgan was never seen again. Rumors are that he was murdered There's, and you can go down that whole rabbit hole. What happened to him? Some people say he was uh mafia style, you know, rode out into a river with bricks, uh, cement blocks on him. Would others, you, I mean, Masons, I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, I, you can see that others say that he, uh, he was just shot. And and then there's another rumor that, that the Masons paid him, you know, like 5,000 bucks told him to disappear. And, um, and there were supposed sightings of him like Elvis, but they were never substantiated. I couldn't find any background backing of that. Uh, but so they went and they burned down the publishing house, burned all the manuscripts, burned it down to the ground, supposedly killed him. And that was that sparked a huge movement here in the United States. A big anti-Mason movement, and um, at the time the president was Andrew Jackson, and he was a Freemason, and he was uh, he was you know out defending his, his his brother Masons, and it became such an uproar, and there were riots, and there were marches, and there were uh, burning people were burning buildings. Similar to what's going on right now, yeah. and the very first third-party political system or p- political party in the United States was formed as the anti-Masonic Party to fight off Andrew Jackson and all these masons. Now they didn't; they they weren't successful, obviously, no. and they only lasted through, I think, two elections before it, uh, it sort of petered out. But, um, yeah, we don't hear about that.
2: No, we don't. I mean, because it's one of those things that, I mean, they really, he, really. They were so
4: afraid of what he was going to publish yeah. that they kidnapped him, burned down the publishing house, you know, where they were going to print the book up, and all the manuscripts made sure, sure that the publisher out. was not there, scared him to death, and then killed the author. Yeah. And started a third party in the United States to, to try and fight him. Bounce these guys
2: out. Well, and I think that's going to be tough because, I mean, one of the things is, I mean, really researching this, you, like you mentioned earlier, you don't know how far back it goes. I mean, half the stuff I've researched, you know, is they talk about, you know, that. Freemasonry can possibly be traced all the way back to Euclid, Pythagoras, Moses.
4: You know, yeah, all these people that I mean, and I think they were in the original documents. Yeah, the the ones that the church uh, and maybe the church still has them. I know, I know they went, possibly. they went and took them. From everything I read, they were destroyed. Uh, they but were seen. Knows? They I were mean, seen as. Uh, uh, a plot of satan or whatever I mean,
2: it makes you wonder i mean because you you hear about the the libraries of books that the the pope or not the oh pope, but the vatican has underneath vaults the city and vaults and vaults and vaults of books how do you know that most of these freemasonry books that they burned never burned they just have them hiding down there along with the you know the rest of the dead sea scrolls that you know could be talk about how horrible the catholic religion is
4: it would be interesting to go in uh should we ever have that opportunity? There's some and rabbit
2: holes I've gone down. As, peruse
4: through some of yeah. that stuff. But I,
2: I'd love to go down there and peruse through like what was on some of the Dead Sea Scrolls that they haven't let us see, some of that other stuff that's down there. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, it's never going to happen. No. Uh, not, not in this lifetime. I mean, if, if we die and become ghosts, I'm floating around there. I oh, I'm know. going straight there to <laughs> freaking read some stuff. There's a lot of places I want to go uh, be a fly on the wall. Yeah, and find out what 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 really is going on,
2: and that's it. I mean, if I could go be the fly on the wall, I'm like one of those people. You always hear people like, if you could be, you know, invisible and go anywhere you want, where would you go? Everyone's like the girls' locker room. Like, screw that. I'm going underneath the Vatican to see what really is going on.
4: I want to go to a Illuminati meeting. I want to yeah. go. I want to go hang out at uh, the secret meetings that George Soros and his sons are uh, involved I wanna... in. I want to go. I want to go sit in on some Bilderberg. Speaking of Bilderberg, um. Have you noticed when we did our our uh, episode on the Bilderberg? Yes, and we took a look at who had been invited this past to the this just most recent Bilderberg meeting. Yes, and we were kind of surprised that at the top of the list was this one Stacey Abram who was a, a nothing, was a nobody. Like she had come out of nowhere and kind of run for governor in Georgia, lost by you know by a pretty good margin. And we're like, why is she being invited to they've they have somehow crowned her with something because I see Stacey Abram on the news and 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 talking about politics. And as if she's some, you know, wise sage expert, Uh, it's amazing. And it she's from nobody had heard of her. She's in Georgia, which is, you know, not a major player state when you if you really want to get down to it, not to be rude or anything, but it's not like California or New York or, you know, Florida or anything like that. And it it's one of those things where when you notice something and you connect the dots, you just go, hmm, what do they got planned for her? I'm keeping my eye on. her. I don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be something nefarious. I'm keeping my eye on her. Uh, okay, well, so we're gonna take a pause from the uh, that that's the history as we uh, as we, we found it, yeah. As we found it. And, we, and if you have if you're a Mason or you know a Mason or you've done studies and we misstepped on something, let us know. nwczradio at gmail.com. We would love to hear it. Um like I said, we we're not perfect, uh, but we do a lot, a lot of studying. And I'm fascinated how this marriage between the Illuminati because that'll be our next group. But Mm -hmm. this marriage between the Illuminati and the Freemasons, uh, there's no doubt about it because the Illuminati is a real group. It's an actual group and it's not some, uh, you know, like made up boogeyman. They're really there. They are. I
2: mean, they they would sit there and try and make you tell us to anybody who's talking about them saying anything about the Illuminati that we're a bunch of
4: conspiracy theorists, blah, 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 but no, they exist. It's only a conspiracy theory until it isn't. Yes. It is. O- always remember that <clears throat> it is only a conspiracy theory until it isn't. Think about all the times you heard. Ah, I was a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy theory. And then all of a sudden it's not. Well, that's how, that's how uh, these things work. So I got a, um, we're going to spend the rest of this show on some more recent events because I just thought I needed to address some things uh, we needed to address some things here, and yeah. we we got a, a a very interesting email from a listener. His name is Dallas, and he's up in Canada, and he he sent me a, a basically a page a, a, a screenshot yes of that the C- Canadian government who were selling on uh, they were looking to buy on their website a uh, a couple of hydraulic guillotines programmable hydraulic guillotines I, I want a couple of these and he was like because we had talked about how canada there's a lot of rumors and, and probably even more i think even more substantial than rumors that they're setting up these these camps these camps to send people with covid and if you read the language you don't have to have covid they can just send anybody there they yeah, want to. You're
2: gonna send someone there who's you know, anyone like us who, yeah, who's that COVID, asking is, you know, questions, asking questions about why are we going so far for something that's so not that deadly.
4: So when I looked into it, 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 it truly piqued my interest, and I looked into it, and I found an article where they, uh, this is on Rebel News, and they were uh, talking about these programmable pro- programmable hydraulic guillotines. And what they say they are is it's a a paper cutter. It's a paper cutting machine. It's how you make business cards. My question is, why would you call it a hydraulic guillotine? Interestingly enough, the very same page that Dallas sent us, if you go there now to buyandsell.gc.ca, they have changed the title on this page. Now it says that they are looking to buy a hydraulic paper cutter. So did they get caught? Did they try to sneak one in on everybody? Or is that actually what they were up to? I don't know.
2: You don't. I mean, it's, one it's of a little strange. A, it is a little strange. I mean, you see a lot of these things. I mean, it's like right now. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the, the previews for the the Songbird
4: Yes, which is a, a, a and there's another one on coming Netflix. out after yeah. that. It's pr- predictable programming.
2: Yeah, it's on Netflix. That basically like goes into like these camps that we've talked about. That you know, if you have a fever, you have to go on your phone every day. Yes, and show that you don't. Have, you're not running a fever and right. anything like that. And if you're running a fever, they come and take you to. These and isn't camps. it
4: called like COVID twenty one? I think that's like the that. next
2: one or something. Yeah, they're COVID twenty one. I think actually in Songbird when I was watching the the trailer, they say it's like COVID twenty three or something. Okay,
4: so. Uh, Dallas, I did find this and, and, uh, this probably not going to make you feel any easier, although this is not Canada, this is the United States. And this came to us from, uh, during the Obama era and during the Obama era, they were setting up, uh, things, uh, with the world health organization, uh, FEMA camps where if there were diseases, people with diseases, they were planning to send them to these FEMA camps. And they set up this international classification of diseases, which is part of the medical coding under the World Health Organization. And one of the codes is ICD-9E-978, which is legal execution, All executions performed at the behest of the judiciary or ruling authority, whether permanent or temporary, as asphyxiation by gas, beheading, decapitation, decapitation by guillotine, capital punishment, electrocution, hanging, poison, shooting, other specific means. This is all in conjunction with the FEMA World Health Organization camps. And I'll be glad to send this to you. Also, I looked, I found this internment and resettlement operations from February 2010. It's FM3 39.40. And it is the uh, headquarters, Department of the Army. It is all about them setting up these internment and resettlement operations. And in their own documents, they talk about using guillotines. Also, H.R. 645, 111th, National Emergency Centers Establishment Act. Uh, Again, this was a a bill directed to the Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, the 111th Congress, first session. And as I go through this, it's Establishment of National Emergency Centers. So basically FEMA camps. And as you scroll through this, and I, I will be glad to send anybody who wants them these links, and it goes through basically talks about setting up these camps, what they're used for, and in these, <laughs> in these, it's not funny; it's actually frightening. They talk about uh, troubled people, people who are who get out of line, how you can take care of them, what the what they need for them, and they mention guillotines. So. I don't think you're that far. I don't know if Canada got caught. Um, I don't know why they would advertise it, but you weren't far off, my friend. You were not they, far off. I'm sure they they advertise it because they don't think anyone's looking. Nobody's yeah, how many people? Yeah, how many people are perusing through the, uh, the, the 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 Canadian or even the the United States uh, buy and sell site? you know, on a day, on a daily thing.
2: And it's one of those things. I mean, how many times is something our government's done? Everyone's like, yeah,
4: there's no way our government would do that. And then you now find this out later bi- that no, I will it is. Say, I will say that this bill uh, from January 22nd, 2009, it was not enacted into law. But the point is, it's being discussed. And it's being brought up. Yeah. The uh, fact it,
2: that it was brought up and brought to the House. Yeah. This was brought up, up.
4: by... Uh, by uh, congressman hastings of florida oh it's and, a florida thing yeah it, it's it's very just very it's absolutely disturbing really really disturbing and 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 um i'll be glad to send those to you now uh another thing i want to i specifically want to address this to my fellow canadians i i got i, I was really disturbed this week when i heard this and then we will do, we'll talk about it this is the prime minister of canada This is Justin Trudeau. Take a listen to what he has to say. And I want to give you my two cents when we get back.
1: The last six months have laid bare fundamental gaps and inequities within our societies and between them. As with climate change, those who have the least are impacted the most. That's why last spring, Canada worked with Prime Minister Andrew Holness and Secretary General Antonio Guterres to convene a high-level meeting to discuss how leaders around the world could work together to close these gaps and build a better, more equitable system that works for everyone. In May, we agreed to look at six urgent areas of action to mobilize financing for the response and the recovery. Over the course of the summer, our six working groups produced over 250 policy options. On September 8th, Finance Ministers gathered to discuss these options and the recommendations for the short, medium and long term. The most promising ideas will be taken up within existing IMF and World Bank processes, as well as at the G7 and G20 Leaders Summits later in the fall. Then, in December, we're going to have the opportunity to meet again to discuss the progress we've made. Because we understand that right now we have to fix urgent problems, but in the long run, we also have to fix the system so that it works for everyone. To eliminate this virus anywhere, we need to eliminate it everywhere. While scientists work around the clock to develop a vaccine as governments, we have the responsibility to ensure it'll be distributed quickly and fairly around the world on friday i announced that canada will provide 440 million dollars to the covid 19 vaccine global access facility including 220 million dollars to the advanced market commitment to help low and middle income countries access vaccines this is an important initiative and i encourage other governments to join in as well we need to work together and not just on vaccines canada believes that a strong coordinated response across the world and across sectors is essential. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality and climate change. Last week, our government committed to investing more in international development while supporting countries, uh, developing countries on their economic recoveries and resilience. And on that note, today, I can announce that Canada will invest $400 million more in humanitarian and development funding, which will go directly to trusted partners on the ground fighting COVID-19. Our government is committed to investing even more in the years to come. In addition, we will continue to advocate for extending the debt service suspension initiative. We will also work on ensuring the special needs of small island developing states, and other vulnerable countries are taken into account. Building back better means getting support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 agenda for sustainable development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen and to help.
4: Wow. Canada, oh Canada. Let me give you a little background about my connection to Canada before I get I go into this. My wife's Canadian. Half my family lives in Canada. I've spent lots of time from shore to shore. Uh, I have friends all over in the the great, beautiful places of Canada. Calgary, Kelowna, uh, Victoria, Vancouver, Quebec City, all the way over to the Maritimes. I love Canada. I love the Canadian people. But it is time for the Canadian people to wake up and it, this the, you are seriously at the precipice. Uh, I don't know, I can't tell you in, in as strong a terms, the boot you people who are the boots on the ground in Canada have got to wake up. The globalists have opened the door and your leaders have walked through it and they are holding their hands out, inviting you through and you can not do it. You can't. The, you, this has got to be, seriously, your Terry Fox moment, your Gord Downey moment, your uh, Chris Hadfield moment. You have got to wake people up because... You're further down the road than we are. We're, we're scared to death down here. You, you up there, <clears throat> I, I don't even know if if it's too late, but it is going. It is not going to go well. No. And you're like, well, Big D, how do I do that? What do we do? Um. I have some suggestions. I don't have the answers. I can tell you what I'm doing in my own personal life, what Brandon's doing, mm-hmm. what, what several of my friends are doing. There's a few things that you need to do. One, you need to be debt free right now. You need to have no debt like get you. That is going to be your own personal freedom from whatever's coming down the pipe, because that is how that's the first step of them wanting to own you is they're going to come in and they're going to either offer to wipe out your debt. They're going to come in and say, oh, you owe too much on this place and they're going to take over. That's step one. You need to be debt free. Two, you need to get yourself, if you, if at all possible, get yourself a piece of land. Get out of the city. G- get somewhere where you own land and you can uh, grow a garden. Uh, maybe have uh, you know some some livestock or something, something that you can be self-sustaining, because the moment's going to come. When if you don't bend the knee, if you don't bow to whatever it is, the, the restrictions they're putting on you, you're not going to be able to participate in daily life as a Canadian. And here in America, we see it coming. You need to develop some sort of a cell group. And I'm not talking about a, a, a military cell group. I'm talking about a cell group, a, a group of friends, buddies that you can rely on each other that you can help each other, that you can, uh, if somebody's really good uh, in your group, you should have people who are good at different things, building, fixing things, uh, you know, planting a garden, whatever, baking, thing, people who have skills, because you're going to need that in your little community. Because there, there may come a time when if you don't have the proper vaccine, you don't have the proper ID, you don't have the proper... Whatever is necessary, they're not going to come help you unless you get all these things. You may not be able to travel. We're already seeing things like this. Mm-hmm. Ticketmaster put out a statement uh, last week that, hey, when we resume, you're probably not going to be able to con- go, come to concerts unless you've had the vaccine or can show that you've had a test. This stuff's coming, and your leaders have sold you out. Justin Trudeau is wants so bad to be part of – this global uh, con- conspiracy to this hierarchy to be on the grand stage and, and and he will stop at nothing. Joe Biden is there. Kamala Harris is there. Uh, they're all friends with Klaus Schwab and all these clowns who are trying to send this down on us. And there's been a lot of debate over the last couple of weeks about is this the 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 great reset Is it real? Is it conspiracy? And most people are coming around to realizing this is real. This is actual. It's happening. And there's and Canada is right there. I don't know how much more emphasis I can put on it. And I I, I feel for you guys. We haven't been able my wife and I have not been able to go to Canada for I think ten months now. We can't cross the border. We, she hasn't been able to see her mom, her sisters, relatives, nothing. They can't come here. We can't go there. And it just keeps getting pushed down the road. They keep moving the goalpost. You know, oh, maybe next month. Nope, not this month, not next month, and on and on and on. And it is truly frightening, truly frightening. And my heart goes out to you. And if you can wake your neighbors up, if you can wake people up at work, if you can show them what's going on, the only way we're going to defeat this is if the people take the blinders off, see what's really going on, and completely resist this nonsense. I would get on the phone and talk to your local politicians. I would talk to... Your, your city managers, your uh, the people who uh, plan, the city planners, let them know you're not down with this and neither should they and you won't go along. And if you get enough people doing that, maybe, maybe they'll get the message. Um, I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on this because this is where we're headed. Yeah, it is. This oh, unfortunately, uh, yes. You're right. Case in point, John Kerry, who is a former uh, Secretary of State, Two days ago, he said this. The notion of a reset is more important than ever before. I personally believe we are at the dawn of an extremely exciting time. You notice how they keep saying this is like an opportunity. It's exciting. We we can do so much good out of all of it. Like, what? I I thought this was like the, the plague of mankind. I thought we were all supposed to be on guard and protecting. No, everybody's talking about, this is such an opportunity. It's an exciting. It's going to be amazing. Yeah.
2: This is just them taking chaos and turning it into. Yes. He said this, an and, I, and,
4: and we brought this up before. He said, I think Europe has to look uh, at this, at Brexit and the rising national populism, nationalistic populism, which is really one of the prior priorities that we all have to address. You can't dismiss it Again, They don't want. They do not want England to get out of the EU. They do not want America to have a constitution and a bill of rights. They do not want this. When has it ever in history been bad to be proud of your country, to be proud of your nation? To isn't that what the whole Olympics are about? Right. We send our nation. There are heroes. Hey, we were the first one to the moon. You guys were the first ones to Mars. You know, whatever, and, and everyone has bragging rights. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not in a bad way. It's just we're proud of where we're at, and we're proud of what we've produced or what we've done as a country. That's all of a sudden out. Nobody should be. Nobody should be happy about your country. It's all global. Uh, He also said, what astounds me is that as many people still voted for the level of chaos and breach of law and order and breaking the standards. And I think that the underlying reason for that is something that everybody has to examine. Oh, see, if you didn't vote the way they want you to vote, you don't follow the way they want you to follow. There's something wrong with you. There's
2: something wrong with you. And you're going to have to go to the camps so that they can
4: make sure that that something is fixed. So Canada, wake up truly wake up. I, I my heart really goes out to you. Uh, I know we're over time. Hey, I've got connections here at the station, so he does. Um, we're going to I have one last thing that that you need to hear and you should re, you should record this if if you have if you have any potential way to do that or and it's going to be on podcast, you can play it for people. This I found fascinating. This is also out of Canada. There are people in Canada fighting back and I love it. I love it. This is the former head of Alberta College Physicians and Surgeons. His name is Dr. Roger Hoskins. This is about COVID. Listen to this,
5: uh, Mr. Chairman. This is Dr. Hoskins, and I just want to let you. I'm standing by. Oh,
3: okay. Well, we would love to hear from you. The floor is yours. Thank you very much.
5: And I do appreciate the opportunity to address you on this very important matter. Um, What I'm going to say is lay language and blunt. Um, It's counter-narrative, and so, so you don't immediately think I'm a quack. I'm going to briefly outline my credentials so that you can understand where I'm coming from in terms of knowledge base in all of this. I'm a medical specialist in pathology, which includes virology. I trained at Cambridge University in the UK. I'm the ex-president of the pathology section of the Medical Association. I was pre- previously an assistant professor in the faculty of medicine doing a lot of teaching. I was the chairman of the Royal College of Physicians of Canada Examination Committee in Pathology in Ottawa. But more to the point, I'm currently the chairman of a biotechnology company in North Carolina selling a COVID-19 test. And I might you might say I know a little bit about all of this. There is utterly unfounded public hysteria driven by the media and politicians. It's outrageous. This is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. There is absolutely nothing that can be done to contain this virus, other than protecting older, more vulnerable people. It should be thought of nothing more than a bad flu season. This is not Ebola. It's not SARS. It's politics playing medicine. And that's a very dangerous game. There is no action of any kind needed other than what happened last year when we got our thought unwell. We stayed home, we took chicken noodle soup, we didn't visit Granny, and we decided when we would return to work, we didn't have anyone, need anyone to tell us. Masks are utterly useless. There is no evidence base for their effectiveness whatsoever Paper masks and fabric masks are simply virtue signaling. They're not even worn effectively most of the time. It's, it's utterly ridiculous seeing these unfortunate, uneducated people, I'm not saying that in a perjurative sense, seeing these people walking around like lemmings obeying without any knowledge base to put the mask on their face. Social distancing is also useless because COVID is spread by aerosols which travel 30 meters or so before landing. Enclosures have had such terrible unintended consequences. They should, you, everywhere should be open tomorrow, as was stated in the great Barrington Declaration that I circulated prior to this meeting. And a word on testing. I do want to emphasize that, I'm in the business of, te- of testing for COVID. I do want to emphasize that positive test results do not underlined in neon mean a clinical infection. It's simply driving public hysteria and all testing should stop unless you're presenting to hospital with some respiratory problem. All that should be done is to protect the vulnerable and to give them all, in the nursing homes that are under your control, give them all three to 5,000 international units of vitamin D every day, which, is, which has been shown to radically reduce the likelihood of infection. And I would remind you all that using the province's own statistics, the risk of death under 65 in this province is one in 300,000. One in 300,000. You've got to get a grip on this. The scale of the response that you're undertaking with no evidence for it is utterly ridiculous given the consequences. Of acting in a way that you're proposing. All kinds of suicides, business closures, funerals, weddings, etc., etc. It's simply outrageous. It's just another bad flu. And you've got to get your minds around that. Let people make their own decisions. You should be totally out of the business of medicine. You're being led by down the garden path by the chief medical officer of health for this province. I'm absolutely outraged that this has reached this level. It should all stop tomorrow. Thank
4: you very much. All I can say is God bless people like Dr. Roger Hoskins. Yes. And and God bless all of you for listening. We thank you for uh, spending this over an hour with us. Yeah. And sorry, sorry we went over a little bit, but we'll be back next week. Yes, we will. And uh, I, I really appreciate all the emails we get. Keep them coming, Radio at gmail.com. We love interacting with you. And yes, we'll be we glad do. to send you any of this information. And we try to get it out in a timely fashion. And we hope it's helping you, right? Yes, we do. All right. Uh, and you can be found on social media where? I can be found on social media. Um, in Instagram,
2: it's six six six, and that's mr spelled out, um, M-I-S-T-E-R. And then on Facebook, Brandon Valentine, and Valentine or Love and Hate Radio. Excellent. And me, no. I'm not on social media. <laughs> yeah. And I was saying,
4: Love and Hate Radio is also on NWCZ Radio Monday nights. Excellent. So. All right, everybody, have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, go be with your family. Yes. Don't be afraid. And uh, God bless all of you. We'll see you back here on Down the Rabbit Hole. See you later.